welcome all you plus two comedy modifiers to another episode of the plus two comedy podcast i'm your host as always tv's no rule hand before we get started with a very special episode of the plus two comedy podcast i have to tell you about some upcoming shows april 6th through the 8th we will be at john con at johns hopkins universities in baltimore maryland so please come see us. We'll be doing stand-up comedy. We'll be doing Game the Gamer. We'll be doing Beyond the Tentacle. And we will be doing a brand new nerd fitness panel. So come see all of that. It is a fantastic time at John Con, Especially if you're a tabletop gamer. We hang out and play a lot of board games at John Con. So come see us at John Con. For more information, Google John Con. It's just also, we will be heading on May 4th through the 6th, that's how weekends work, to ZenkaiCon in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Lancaster Convention Center. Come see us. We'll be doing Game the Gamer and stand-up comedy at ZenkaiCon. For more information, go to ZenkaiCon.com. We're also happy to announce that we will be returning to Wizard World Philadelphia. Wizard World Philadelphia runs from the 17th to the 20th of May in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Convention Center. So please come check us out at Wizard World. However, we will not be there Sunday because Sunday, May 20th, we will be at the Castle Point Anime Convention where we'll be doing stand-up comedy and also a little bit of cosplay pro wrestling. So come see us there as well. Now, about this episode, this is it. Once again, we are snowed in. The roads are bad. We didn't feel like dragging Will up all the way from Atlantic City. So we're snowed in and we're hanging out and we're going to have a little bit of a chat with you. I am joined by the newest member of Plus Two Comedy, Ms. Laura Prince. How are you doing, Laura? Man, it's so weird when you record the intro like live here because there's a lot of time where I'm just like, I can't talk yet. Can't fin. Haven't yeah, that's been introduced. Why, that's why I always do it separately. Like I'm sitting there going, like, I. What if you forget to date? What if I have to be the person going like, Psst, you forgot Castle Point. <laughs> I would take any criticism. It'd be fine. That's you what know, they all say. It's it's important that we get all of our dates out there. So, come and see us. It's going to be great. So yeah, we, we have a few that are uh, pending that we're going to be able to talk about soon, coming up in June and July, but right now, uh, up through May is what we're able to announce. Yeah, I try not to give more than four dates, more four, more than four performances, because I feel like people get overwhelmed. That's true, and we also just can't really announce those <laughs> Yes. <laughs> also, because I, I forgot this one, uh, if you're listening to this today, it comes out on Monday, uh, there's a chance that I will be performing at Stockton College. Uh, Stockton University. I'm sorry, Stockton University. I forgot we digivolved. But yeah, I'll be returning to Stockton uh, to do a show, apparently, uh, on Tuesday, which would be the, what is that, the 27th? Correct. 27th, yeah, at 8 o'clock. It's not confirmed yet, but uh, I'll tell you people that. (laughs) If you guys want to come, I'll be at Stockton. We can always edit this out on Monday if it doesn't pan out. Yeah, or I I might just leave it in. They're not going to know if I I don't do the show. They're not going to follow up and be like, hey, Noah, how was that show at Stockton? And then I'd have to be like, I didn't do it. So, anyway, what we've decided to do for this episode is, because I did one of these uh, when we did solo episodes, 
but I haven't done a lot one of these in quite some time. It's a mailbag episode. A mailbag episode. A mailbag episode. Basically, I reached out on Twitter and on Facebook and our on our Facebook page and basically asked for topics for us to talk about. And uh, I have them here on my phone. Oh, I actually pulled them up on a on a computer. On a, an actual screen so that you weren't on your phone. I just felt like being on my phone the whole time. Uh so we've got a bunch actually. We we posted this a few times, which now seems to be a mistake because we've got it in a well, few no, places. So many, we have so many topics. We have so many topics now. Speed run! Uh, is that the one you want to start off with? Oh, no. I just meant we're going to speed run through these topics. Oh, okay. We, we don't have all night, and we did get a lot of responses, actually, which is great. Uh, so Mike Goldstein asked us to talk about WrestleMania 34, which I don't think we should do because I think we're going to do a WrestleMania episode coming up. Yeah, I think we're going to do another, um, another in our... Living room episode in your house. Yeah, an in your episode. house episode. Oh, that's what we should call the WWE related episodes because it's a it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew that because we're also canceled for Infinity War, so we're gonna have to do another one of these episodes coming up. So, in any case, uh, that'll probably be on WrestleMania 34. But uh, I believe Ronnie left us a question about entrances, and I think we can at least talk about that. Oh yeah, definitely. So Ronnie asked us uh, what. Special entrances we would see specifically for the Bobby Roode, uh, Finn Balor, Jinder Mahal match. Ronnie actually asked about uh, Finn Balor, Bobby Roode, and Shinsuke Nakamura specifically. It was about those, the question was about those three specific wrestlers. Because first off, Jinder Mahal's not getting a special entrance. It, It took him so long not to have his Titantron be his name in Papyrus. Oh my god. They're not giving him a special entrance. Uh, I'm also going to call right now. I don't think we'll get a special entrance for Finn. I don't think we're going to see the demon for a year. I, I wish we would because I, I think we could do a really cool, like, voodoo, since he usually goes with local Ooh, mythology. They are in New Orleans. Orleans. Mm, that's and a good point. I I loved, during his NXT run, I loved those cheesy, like, the Dallas entrance when he comes out as Leatherface. Uh, my favorite uh, was Jack the Ripper in England. Jack the Ripper. No, that one actually, like, they all make sense. Mm-hmm. I really, I wanted, when we were, when we went to NXT in Philly... I actually, like, entertained myself during one of the, like, breaks mm-hmm. between matches trying to think of what Finn Balor's entrance would have been. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it would have been a dead Hessian. Or it, it would have been, like, the Headless Horseman or something. Yeah. Like a dead Revolutionary War icon. That would have been neat. And Sleepy Hollow's in New York, but that would have been, like, a good Revolutionary mm-hmm. War kind mm-hmm. of thing. That would have made sense. But I think we're—I would love to see, like, a Friends from the Other Side— Shout out to my Disney nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, voodoo, Dr. Facilier looking. Yeah, but Undertaker kind of did that two years ago. The WWE assumes that we have the memory of a goldfish, This though. is true. This is true. But I think I think the demon uh, was seen too much in NXT, and I think we're going to get take a long break from him. And I, I Maybe think... we'll see the next demon when we go to Mania 35. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. <gasps> Jersey Devil entrance! Oh, that would be awesome. <sighs> uh, what I would like to see, though, from Bobby Roode, because I think we'll get a Bobby Roode special entrance. This is what I want. I want his music to play, and I want him on his turntable with his arms out mm-hmm. and slowly turning around. And then once he faces the crowd, I want him to stay completely stationary 
and be lifted on cables and fly to the ring. <laughs> like Seven did in WCW, oh but, my God. but more glorious. But, and less pedophile Yes, and, and 110% <laughs> less pedophile Kids, uh, if you don't want to sleep tonight, Google WCW 7 promos. Yeah. Because the... Uh, the vignettes they had to introduce that character were, like, literally the scariest thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, they're terrifying. I watched them at work one day, like, I guess, like, five years ago, before I held my current job, current employers. Uh, I watched it, like, a long time ago at work, and it was, like, three o'clock on a sunny Friday afternoon, and I was freaked out. Well, have you ever seen his debut? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> I... I won't spoil it, kids. Just go ahead and, and watch I fell that. down a big old YouTube hole with that. Because I looked at the Nightmare Fuel page on TV Tropes about wrestling. Ah. And there was Seven. Yeah, Seven was terrifying. Bobby Roode, I, I kind of want, like, an elevated turntable. Like, I kind of want it to just keep going up. So it kind of goes in line with what you were saying. <laughs> like a screw? Yeah, like, either that or, like, I want sets. Like, I want, like, a giant curtain. With, like, that's similar to his cloak. Mmm, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. I, I don't know that we're going to get, like, a crazy entrance for Bobby Roode, though. I, I think he's one of the few that I think should get one. I'm trying to think of who else deserves one. I think they'll do something for Shinsuke, but, like, beyond having that violin player, I can't think of anything. I, they can't get more, ep- like, I'm... It's outside. I am legitimately surprised. That they do not have to put a content warning. They do in England. I'm surprised they don't have to here. Considering every time we turn on our PlayStation, there's a content warning of like, hey, if you have epilepsy, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And I'm really surprised they don't have to do that with any show Shinsuke is on. That's a good point. Because I honestly can't watch it. And like, I don't have any pre-existing medical condition and it just, it bothers me and I can't watch it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a bit much, but... That's that's what I'm thinking for his entrance. Is I think it's going to be his usual uh, uh, violin player will come out and do stuff. Ronnie also posted a lobster motorcycle. Yeah, I don't. And that has to be Undertaker's entrance. Everyone's oh. saying they want the American badass. I want him to ride out on a crawdad. Yeah, <laughs> like a crawdad motorcycle. Like super like like American. Like he's like, yeah, we eat lobster, and he's going to have an apple pie, and <laughs> wear a baseball cap, and. <laughs> Make America great again. <laughs> I didn't want to go down that. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go that far. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Undertaker is not, of course, confirmed to have a match yet. And everybody is saying uh, they want American Badass. I disagree. I, I I like the Dead Man better. Just and also like American Badass Taker versus John Cena is a match we've seen before. Like, that's kind of one of the things that made John Cena is his match with The Undertaker. Uh, So I don't think, like, I don't think I've ever seen him fight the dead man. Yeah, and I just, the dead man is such a cooler character. Like, I don't particularly care for American Badass Taker. I think he's not, for me, part of the mystique of The Undertaker is that he is one of the only supernatural characters Outside of Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, question mark. Yeah. Um, but I I loved that. And it's a character that, you know, I grew up with. I remember when I watched WWE 
F with my cousins, Mm -hmm. The Undertaker existing. Yeah. So I I kind of love that timeless... I I actually thought his match with Bray Wyatt was going to be more of a mantle passing, and that Bray Wyatt was going to pick up more of Taker's power. Yeah, I thought it was... I mean, he... He did that. He remember when he absorbed his powers and he was he's like I control the lightning. I control the fire. And then he lost at Survivor Series. Yeah, and then, you know, WWE's like you don't remember that. No, you don't. It's dumb. Breaking news, I got I got news on my show uh <laughs> that I'm going to be doing at Stockton. Uh I'd be getting free pizza if I want in at the student center. Uh, if you want it, you're in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm in. So I'll be performing with Jay Black at eight o'clock at the Student Center <laughs> at Stockton College. Yo, does he want to book me? Awesome, I am in. Uh... <laughs> so, oh, we actually. Oh, we got more. We got more. Yeah, I actually got a live comment on one of our. Uh... So I I also posted on my Facebook something about. Uh... Something about the saddest Broadway musical song. So I've been getting pop-ups like, Hey, this Broadway musical song will make you cry. So, uh, one of the... Do you want to do talk about the uh, Colossal Con cruise? No, I thought you wanted to talk about the saddest <laughs> song no, in the musical. The, you don't know a lot of musicals. What What do you think is the saddest song in a musical? The saddest song in a musical? Yeah, like what song always kind of like gets you? Uh, see, I, I would say the saddest moment I've ever had in a musical was, you know what? This is going to be a weird pick. Is it going to be Godspell? No, it's not going to be Godspell. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> I hate Godspell. I'm going to go, because, like, I remember in that moment being very uncomfortable hearing the song and being very, like, disturbed and sad. And it's, I'm alive from next to normal. I mean, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. The, and Oh, spoilers for next to normal. Spoilers for next to normal. The big spoiler for yeah, next to normal. Yeah, like, and I had, I, we, we went and saw it. I forget where we saw it. Haddonfield Plays and Players. And did not know the, the twist in it. And it blew me away. Uh, I made it, I took great pains to not spoil it for you. Yeah, so it was, I, I would say that, I'm going to actually just dance around the spoilers. But like hearing that and being like, oh, but no. It, that that that's the one that I think struck the biggest emotional uh, core. That song is so like that was show it? is good. Yeah, was... the reprise of "I Am the One," where um, like Gabe, uh, Gabe's father Dan goes the entire play without acknowledging his son by name, and at the very end of that song, like which is almost at the end of Act Two, you, uh, Dan is sitting alone. He says. Gabe. Gabriel. And then it goes like, and I know you know who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a moment where you're just like, oh! Yeah. So that that would be my choice. What, what would be your choice, love? Um, Mine, I think, would have to be Everything I Know from In the Heights. Which, uh, In the Heights, spoilies. Um, after Abuela passes away, which is kind of like... Whenever there's, this is horrible, but whenever there's, like, an older character in a musical, you're like, hmm, I've got a bad feeling about you. You're not making it through Act 2. And uh, after Abuela dies following the blackout, Uznavi and Vanessa are going through her possessions. And uh, Vanessa finds, oh, excuse me, it's not Vanessa, it's Nina. Um, Uznavi and Nina are going through her possessions, and Nina finds all of her 
like all of these mementos from her life in Abuela's possession. She finds like a picture of Uznavi as a baby and her own high school graduation program with uh, a program mint condition with a star beside my name. And like uh, my godfather made these two like very beautiful framed things with a playbill a poster and a ticket stub from plays I was in and gave them to me. So every time I hear that, mm. I just picture those two things. Yeah. And so I always have like that, you know, I'll make you proud of everything I know. Mm-hmm. And if you ever lost someone and that you've like, you have that drive of like, I want you to see this. I want you to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's everything I know. That makes sense. That's nice. So that being said, you want to talk about this colossal cruise? Sadthings.com. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, taking it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, colossal cruise. Um, so Chris Presley uh, asked, What do you think of the Colossal Con cruise out of Port Canaveral happening next January? The idea of a cruise con has popped up many, many times before, but I think these folks might be able to successfully pull it off given the recent smashing success of Colossal Con East last September. What are your thoughts? I mean, I said my thoughts were, hey, how do we get booked? Yeah, I, I will start by saying... Love me. Colossal Con has been a con we've been trying to do for years. Like, I, I we did a, a con at Anime Punch. We did Anime Punch in Ohio, which is where Colossal Con is. And we met people who ran Colossal Con, and they were like, plus two comedy, you're great. You're going to get booked. And then we never got booked. So Colossal Con is something we've always wanted to do. It's in a water park, from what I understand. Yes. If I'm wrong, it's because I've never been there because we've never gotten booked. <laughs> but uh, we've been trying to get to Colossal Con forever. Yeah, unfortunately, Colossal Con East this year is the same weekend as Mag Labs, so I'm yeah. not sure which one we're going to be at yet because it's kind of, kind of a little far out for anything to be confirmed for September yeah. for us right now. But, I mean... Let, let conventions know if you want us there, guys. Yeah, that really helps. Um, I know that sounds like kind of uh, baggy, but it really, when audiences say, like, we love Plus Two Comedy, they're more likely to not be like, who are you when I cold email <laughs> Yes, them? exactly. And I, I do love when they're happy to hear from me instead of being like, and you are who exactly? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's... It's still a fun thrill when a con contacts us. Oh, it really is. Like, we, I just contacted a bunch of people to do the podcast, like, when we're not in our home. And, like, there was quite a few people who were like, what, what, thank you for reaching out to me. And it's like, yeah, I think people are cool. So, like, it's, it's, it's nice, is what I'm saying. Uh, a con that's also a cruise is such an interesting idea. Um... I, I can see where it would work and the possible pitfalls. Well, my my first thought immediately was con funk. <sighs> There's always con funk, and I was like, well, if it's if we're all just trapped on a boat, <sighs> is that going to make it worse, or is it like, nah, it's just a boat. We're basically outside. The ocean covers everything. My fear would be um, con like con flu being worse. Yeah, con flood. Because you're kind of stuck on, and like, they, if somebody's sick on a cruise, everybody's sick on a cruise. I mean, they have sidelined cruises for illness before. Mm -hmm. And so it, 
especially being in January, that's in the middle of cold and flu season, as anyone who's ever attended MAGFest can tell you. Yeah. Uh, you almost died after MAGFest. I did. Uh, so, like, the, the logistics of it scare me a bit. Um, I, I don't understand, because I don't think the internet works on a boat. Ooh. So, like, that seems like a weird thing to have a bunch of nerds go do. Uh, oh, man, if the cosplayers can't Instagram. Exactly. Like, if I if I can't tweet, I kind of freak out. So, and I don't tweet that much. Um, so that's a, a concern. Uh, I don't know how many cruises are a weekend. So would this be a week? It's, according to my calculations, it's from uh, Friday, January 25th to Monday, January 28th. So it's a four-day cruise. A four-day cruise. Okay. Um, looking at it from the other side of the curtain. Ooh, there's free drinks. Oh, this is already a huge mistake. Oh, they, they've already got, like... Oh, Manly Battleships is going to be there. Manly Battleships, I think, is the group I've done the most cons with and never held a conversation with. I I can't tell if this is for the boat or for Colossal Con East. Oh. Well, well now I'm confused. Well, we're going to apply because yes. we're crazy. But looking at it from the other side of the of the, the curtain. Um, as it's, someone, it's for Colossal Con East. Okay. Uh, as someone who's performed at cons for quite some time, uh, there's a lot of cons that run like a sinking ship. Uh, where it's like, we need someone to fill holes. And we as Plus Two Comedy are amazing hole fillers. Like, uh, one of our favorite... Uh, phrasing! Are we still doing more. phrasing? No, we're not. It's, it's over. Oh. Uh, but, like, we've done a panel that we've lovingly called Plus Two Comedy Dicks Around for an hour. Because something had to go on. Like, we've done many conventions where... Our show is over, and whoever's on after us is not there. So people are like, can you just do more stuff? Yeah, I can do more stuff, whatever. Uh, And the idea of being on a boat (laughs) where, like, yo, we need something now. Like, I know we would be thrown through the ringer. And, like... But you love that. I do. I I love the war stories and stuff. (laughs) Uh, our, Our biggest war story, and I've said this before, and I don't mind saying it again... Because uh, I don't think the people who did this to us even work for that con anymore. But we did 16 hours for NecoCon. Oh, I remember that. And Like 16 hours unpaid. Like we did 16 hours because we were supposed to get paid the next year. And the next year they didn't book us. Uh, did you guys have to cover your own hotel? This was before I joined the We group. covered our own hotel. We covered Ooh. our own track. Well, I think we got like a little compensation. Uh, like after we were like, dude, we're dying here. Uh, but the idea was you do all this stuff and then you'd be guests at other cons. And like, as we finished up the last panel, the guy came up to me and he said, we'll see what we can do about next year. And I went, see what you can do. Yeah. I, that was also like the nastiest another guest has ever been to you. Oh yeah. When we got, we got, (laughs) you got thrown off a panel. We got thrown off a panel. Um, we get booked to do 16 hours. and So it's weird for me to be like, hey, <laughs> what do you mean we're not on this show? Uh, but we were going to do Guests Uncensored, 
And we were super excited to do it because it was us. It was, uh, hey, Ash, what you playing? It was, oh, God, Bloom? What's his first? Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom was there, who was a sweetheart and very oh. nice to us. Bang. Uh, but we were just, like, on stage and, like, moments before the show started, uh, somebody came up to us like, why are you here? It's like, because this is what we do. And they're like, no, no, no. You're not a guest. You're a panelist. Get off the stage. And we're like, oh. I mean, we were doing you a favor, but whatever. <laughs> we we will not say who it was, but we will say definitively it was not Steve Bloom. It was not Steve Bloom who said that, yes. That being said, Necrocon, we super have fun at your con, and you stopped bringing us back. I know that we did everything, so you'd think that there's nothing left in the tank. But That's we not have... true, though, because you guys did Necocon in, like, 2012. Yeah, we have so much more stuff we now. Have fo- I mean, that was pre-Game the Gamer. Yeah. That was at least three or four tentacles ago. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even there yet. Yeah. that the, the problem I'm discussing has been solved. So don't write angry emails to Necocon. Write happy emails saying that we should be brought back. Because I'd love to do Necocon again. Some of our best fans I met at Necocon. So, shout out to them. They know who they are. Yay. Uh, so, so, I think the crews, I think it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. But I could see where, logistically, uh, having done MAGFest, which is almost... Yeah. If you've never been to MAGFest, it is almost an island in and of itself. And seeing the pitfalls of what happens at MAGFest, I could see that being an issue on something like the Colossal Kong Cruise. And it's all too many people proximity. Because MAGFest this year, it was a bomb cyclone. So it was like savage cold. No one wanted to leave. So everyone was kind of stuck. So it was that loud Colossus roar at all hours. I mean, that's MAGFest. But like, that's nothing new. But there was nowhere else for it to go. Like, yeah. There was nowhere to eat. So no, I could that, see that, that kind of... That was a huge problem. I could see that kind of you-are-trapped situation mm-hmm. being scary. And, like... And that's more of the pitfalls of a cruise more than a con cruise to me. Yeah, like, there's also con-goers that if they're promised a thing and then that thing doesn't happen, they're, they're, they have a very passionate reaction. And it's not happy. And it's not. It a is happy not reaction. a happy reaction, guys. And uh, you know, I like. I'm not. I don't want to say you know, con goers are bad or anything like that. But they're. We are there to celebrate our favorite thing. Yeah. And if that favorite thing's not there, and there's two hundred of us in the same place, and one person says something crazy but easily chanted, oh, then we're all about it. So, this comes from. Uh, New York Comic Con 2011. Oh, goodness. Uh, it was announced, like, maybe two weeks before the convention that Chris Evans and Tom Hiddleston were going to show up. Mm-hmm. And this was before New York became the second to San Diego. And this was before New York had, like, really top-line guests like that. And this mm-hmm. was before the MCU actors were regularly appearing at conventions. Mm-hmm. And the panel was supposed to be at, I believe, seven or eight... We went to get down in line at three, and we were already locked out. Mm-hmm. And my memory of it, it was a girl in a Raichu costume with a bullhorn yelled that it was closed directly into my ear. And it was so such a loud space that I was next to her, and I heard it, and no one else did. Like, 
like she screamed it and I fell over because it was like so loud. And people picked me up and said, what'd she say? And I was like, she said we're not getting in. What? And then we felt the riot starting. And then you, me, and uh, our friend Beth looked at each other and went, run. Yeah, well, let's get out of here. And it it was like my Jurassic Park action sequence. Mm -hmm. Like three, three nerds in cosplay running up the steps. I like, I think I was dressed as Rapunzel. I can't, uh, Beth was dressed as Peggy Carter. And I forget, ex- you were Speed Racer. I was Speed Racer, yeah. And so, picture that, if you will. Rapunzel, Speed Racer, and Peggy Carter running up a non-functioning escalator going, oh no! And then the riot starting. Yeah, and then the year after that was the year of Walking Dead, when people cared about that show, remember? And that was the year we were actually booked. And that was the year we were booked, and that was the year that... It was a good year. On Friday, I asked someone what they were in line for. And they said the Walking Dead panel. And I was like, isn't that tomorrow? And they said, yes. Oof. And I was like, oh, man. I would I want to talk to that person now. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> and ask them about their feelings on the Walking Dead. Oh, that's... That is a show that jumped the shark. Oh, God. Several different times. Yeah. It didn't make it. The, if shark, you're still... the shark just grabbed him. If you're still watching Walking Dead, let us know why in the comments. Yeah, dear Please. God. Dear God, let like, us Like, this know. isn't us panhandling for fan interaction. We mm. are genuinely curious. Uh, so, um... Oh, do you have something? Uh, Jeff Stormer had a really good uh, prompt. Okay. Party of One podcast and Talking Nog's Jeff Stormer. Don't talk about Talking Nog. Talking Nog! Um, it's recommending each other... A book, movie, TV show, game, comic, and song you don't think the other is familiar with that you'd think they'd enjoy. This is hard because we have known each other for nearly yeah, this eight This is going to be really hard. But I think this will be a fun a fun game. Uh, Either that or this is going to turn full uh, Who's uh, Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Especially since. Let's start with movie. And uh, there's been quite a few movies that you have never seen that I've shown you and you've hated. What's up, Rubber? Uh, that Rubber was the first time I had ever seen that. I hated Rubber. Uh, rubber's. Uh, I don't want to get. Into, I don't want to go down this road. Uh, I'm just gonna do this noise again. <sighs> you're not supposed to like Rubber. That's why it's interesting. Blah. Uh, but I like. You didn't really enjoy Airplane. No, I think my issue with Airplane is. Mm. I needed to see it when I was younger and mm. hadn't heard every joke in it mm. so many times. Like, that was my issue with The Hangover. Yeah. I saw The Hangover in, like, 2014. And if you waited five years to see The Hangover, you knew all the jokes already. Mm-hmm. The jokes were great the first time I heard them. But the first time I heard them was 10, 15 years before I saw the movie. You, you also hated uh, Let It Snow? which was a little independent film that I saw on HBO when I was, like, in high school that I just, like, I thought it was adorable, and you disliked it to a point where I don't enjoy it anymore? (laughs) Wow, you know what's funny? I found that movie utterly forgettable. I cannot tell you anything that happens in that movie. Uh, You you pointed out every flaw that the film has. I mean, I'm sure I did. like, like, I don't, my favorite part of that movie (laughs) is the ending, and you were on your phone. Yeah, that's about like right. you had no, like you didn't care about this film at all, and it was one of my favorite movies. 
guys, uh, I'm a jerk. So, like, I, this is going to be especially hard for me to think of a movie that, like, because I've tried, th- we've played this game many times. I, I showed you all these emotional films that I really liked, and you were like, I like films with explosions. And I was like, all right, I got this one. And I threw in uh, Shoot 'em Up, and we made it through eight minutes of it. I like films with expl- like. This is horrible. I like the films with essentially fake violence. Mm-hmm. I I don't like gore, mm-hmm. and Shoot 'Em Up was very gory. It does have its gore, but at its core, Shoot 'Em Up is trope porn. Right. And I was like, oh, Laura's gonna love this. And then someone got stabbed with a carrot, and you're like, I think I'm done. Yeah, I I'm not a big gore per- like. Mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz is such a good movie, but there's certain parts I'm like, I'm uh, gonna hide now. Yeah, that that one moment with uh, what's his name? When the roof falls oh, through when the, the guy. Roof falls. That's not the part I was. Thinking. That's the part that I'm always like, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom now, and I love that movie. Yeah, but I'm I'm not a gore person. I have to look away when you play Friday the Thirteenth. That is really gore. Like I'm not a gore person. I'm not a slasher movie person. Mm, that is super gore. Like I like. Like, a good example is Pacific Rim, Mm -hmm. where, like, you really don't see any actual, like, gore or I like consequence-free violence. Like, I know that's terrible and, like, a affliction of United States culture. Right. But I like... Like, even Jurassic Park, you don't see a lot of gore. The really only gory moment in Jurassic Park is when Samuel L. Jackson's arm is in the thing of thing. Catman. He was making weird noises. Uh, Yeah, that's true. So I'm not a big gore person, and Shoot 'Em Up is a very gory movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also do have to care about the characters, which is a hard balance to strike. Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I have my choice, and it's a film that we've looked for many times. I've been too busy defending myself to come up with a choice <laughs> because you've been attacking me this whole no, time. No, I just feel like it's it's hard for me to like. I've known you for a very long time, and has never pinpointed your taste. But I do have a movie that I, I think you would enjoy that we've looked for many times and have never been able to find. And that's Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, I think I would adore that. Josie and the Pussycats, if you guys haven't seen it, like, it should be really dumb. Like, it should be, like, one of those dumb cash-in movies for, like, an audience that doesn't exist. But it's actually really clever and awesome soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks. One of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, and it's very tropey. Lots of trope porn. Uh, and I remember when this movie came out, I said... It's only $7 on Amazon. I said when this movie came out that this movie cost a nickel to make because there's so much product placement in it. Yeah. They didn't take a dime for product placement. They just put it in? They just put it in. Just That's to make funny. a movie, Which is insane to me. Uh, but... Yeah, I would say Josie and the Pussycats, it's a super underrated fun film. Yeah, I think I would genuinely really like that movie. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, a movie I love that you... Thing is, you used to watch movies every single day, multiple movies a day. Yes. So it's hard for me to come up with something you haven't seen. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I used to... uh, Basically, we had a hot box... Uh, which let us have all the pay-per-view channels uh, when I was in high school and grade school. And uh, basically, I would come home and I would watch whatever was on. Right. So, like, 
And, like, whatever was on. So, like, at a very young age, I watched, like, the gore fest that is Gladiator and hated it. Uh, uh, One Night at McCool's. If you've ever seen One Night at McCool's, hit me up and we'll talk about it. Uh, What a weird film that was. Uh, Let It Snow, you know, stuff like that. I, I watched Zoolander just on repeat. Just kind of like, I'm home. The first Zoolander's Zoolander. good. Yeah. Zoolander and Father of the Bride 2, I've probably seen more than any other film. I'm a, I'm a little behind the eight ball here because you did that, uh, you did that, you wanted to watch 30 movies in 30 days, and most mm. of my recommendations you actually did eventually take. I don't um, know, I didn't, I didn't finish that. I know you did not care for Empire Records. Empire Records is... You know what? I enjoy it more thinking back on it retrospectively than I did in the moment. Uh, because it, it felt like it should have been a series. And I still think it should have been a series. I, I totally watch Empire Records the series. I can't believe that with all of the 90s reboots that mm-hmm. like Netflix didn't think to just do... I mean, obviously you'd have to recast everybody. But you could do like a 90s nostalgia series based on Empire Records really mm-hmm. easily. There's also the fact that we found out recently that there's, like, two very different versions of Empire Records. Yeah. And I don't know which one I saw. So you there's saw... a chance I saw the bad one. No, you saw the good one. You saw the um, the DVD release I have, which is the one you saw, mm. was, like, the ultimate cut. Okay. It, ha- it has another name, but I, I have no idea where the case to that DVD is. I know where the actual disc is, but I don't mm. know where the case is. The ultimate remix? Yes. Because that's the bad one. I don't... No, it's not. The remix is the one where they change stuff from the theatrical release. We just watched this good bad flicks, and I can't remember it. That's what I recall. Um, I'm trying to think, because, like, I I have bullied you into watching a lot of the films that I would think of. mm -hmm. And then there's movies that I I genuinely am not sure if you've seen. Well, give me one of those. Did you ever see Mask of the Phantasm? Mm, I... I... Not well enough for me to say that I've seen it. Like, I remember renting it. Oh my god. And I remember, I remember my parents being like, you're not going to like this. I'm like, screw you, I'm renting it. Oh my god. And then I, I I, remember like leaving the room while it was on. I mean, we should, yeah, then we should definitely watch it. It, it ages pretty well. It ages very like, um, and like, if you don't know the twist, the twist is really cool. And I'm going to assume you don't remember the twist by the fact that you're looking I, at me funny. I, I know. I think if I watched the film, I'd be like, oh, that's who it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's when you get a little older, it's not as, like, surprise. Right, right. You're, when you're older, you can see the clues and you're like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Mask of the Phantasm is a good, yeah. a good choice. My, my other one would be uh, Retur- The Dark Knight Returns, the animated one which we mm. own but is living on my desk at work yeah i don't know that one i think the only animated batman i saw besides mask of the phantasm kind of is the one that was supposed to bridge the gap between uh batman begins and the gotham Dark knight Man. gotham knight which was super i mean batman <laughs> animated so films good. There's a bunch that I've been meaning to watch. I've been meaning to watch Gotham by Gaslight. I've been meaning to watch that looks real good. Batman and Harley. Batman and Harley Quinn looks hilarious. And I've been meaning to watch that. And I've not been meaning to watch The Killing Joke because it's bad and it should feel bad. Yeah, we actually did promise that we would 
we would do a, a watch along. Oh yeah, somebody stuff. actually gave me the digital copy of yeah, it because that's something we have to. Do. They wanted me to that's, suffer. That's a plus two comedy extra coming out. <sighs> we'll do that soon. Uh... Um, and I watched Batman: Bad Blood, so I can say that my favorite Batman uh, cartoon was Batman: Bad Blood. It used to be Mad Love, but now it's Bad Blood. I, I, I watched it just so I could write that joke. <laughs> uh, so it was a uh, book. I'll, I'll, I actually have a book in mind. Okay. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, and I've said Hitchhiker's Guide to you a hundred times. I, just, I keep meaning to pick it up and it, then just not picking it up for some reason. It's so good. Um, but I won't say that to you. Uh, I will say, because we talked about Batman. Uh, one of my favorite Batman comics is Batman Gone Sane, which I've never heard anyone else talk about. Do we have it? No. Huh. I read it in the bookstore, and it was when I was poor, and I just read it cover to cover there and <laughs> didn't buy it. Um, but Batman Gone Sane is the story of the Joker killing Batman. Oh my gosh. Batman dies. And it's like, well, what do I do now? Oh, that's cool. And... Without Batman, there's no need for the Joker to exist. So he just becomes a guy. Just yeah, it's wild. That sounds awesome. I it would... is one of my it. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds really awesome. It's so like he just he finds a girl and they're really into uh, old 1930s radio plays. So like they just sit at home and listen to those together. It's super interesting. Oh, that's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also going to recommend a graphic novel to you because sure. I, um, because you actually, again, uh, you actually did eventually read The Things They Carried for Work. I did. And, and I, that's the book I always push on people. I, di- I didn't enjoy it because of my dyslexia. Yeah, I, the names are, because I, one of the things I enjoy about it is one of the things you don't like about mm-hmm. it, and it was the way the characters are named. Like, yes, the way the characters are named, and there's no quotations in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the like that really breaks my brain is that there's no dialogue. It's all just like the man spoke of blah blah blah. Like it's all like very third person and removed and I had a really hard time getting into it. And that's how the characters are named. Like they never really say mm-hmm. said Ted, it was Ted Lavender who was scared. Yeah, that stuff like and I really love that in it. And it really I hate the fact that it's just like I am unable to enjoy this, this yeah this book <laughs> so yeah that's that's tough uh, so i would say um superman for all seasons you've been saying this for a while and i and i have my prejudice against soups so i've never really given it a chance superman for all seasons is a really interesting way of doing it it's you know the the phrase is a man for all seasons mm-hmm. And Superman for All Seasons was four single issues that be, was were parts of one story. Right. I go over this. I teach. I actually teach this book in my class because uh, the symbolism and the literature are really ham-handed. So it's a really good first book to talk about graphic novels as literature. But it's Superman graduating high school and leaving Smallville, putting down roots in Metropolis, having a horrific trial and actually losing someone in Metropolis. And then returning home mm-hmm. and trying to, like, heal from that. Right. And it's an optimistic, sweet story. 
in a lot of ways. And so it's a kind story. And it's very much what I consider Superman. Like, it's that American pastoralism. It's that very... It, it's like a, just a nice story. Like, it's a good... It's a pretty quick read. Like, it's not Batman complicated. There's only, like, maybe a dozen characters total. And that's, I think, counting Jimmy Olsen, who's, like, not in it. Yeah. It's, like, Mom, Pa Kent, Clark, his two friends from home, one of which is Lana Lang, mm-hmm. the dog, Lex Luthor, a scientist, and Lois Lane. Mm. And then, like, a bunch of little throwaway characters. So that's, like, eight people and then some random throwaway characters. I, I will I will read that. I will remember to bring it home from work because that's oh, also okay. Then I will read it then. I mean, I'll bring it home tomorrow. It's since I teach the book, it's living on my desk. Uh, and then a game was on there. Uh, game, and I've I've said this before to many many people. The Adventures of Cookies and Cream. <laughs> the Adventures of Cookies and Cream are about two bunnies. Who uh, want to have the moon festival, but the moon has gone missing. Aww. So they have to search for the moon. And Cookie is on one side of the screen, and Cream is on the other. And they can't get through the level without help from the other. Oh, so, so it's like, like, that's really cute. You'll walk along, and, and you'll see a locked door, and I will have the lever to open it on my side. Oh, that's cool. And it is cute and adorable for three levels. After that, it is a test in friendship. <laughs> and uh, I, I've played it. I've played it to almost completion twice with my best friends at the time. I did it with Mike McLean. I did it with John Snyder. And like, I'm making a horrified face because in my mind, John is just screaming. We and it's one of those things where like, and when I, so when I did it with John, I had like knowledge of like, dude, hang in there, it's coming. Oh my god! And then we got to those parts and we're screaming and we're like, <laughs> desperately trying to find the moon, uh, and uh, we beat it. Uh, not I went not to completion. There's a there's an extra level that you unlock that I believe is impossible, uh, but I would love to attempt it with you. Okay. And I believe I just found it. Yes, you did. So, You like, had left it at your parents' house when we moved. It, it was the first game. My, my parents got me a PlayStation 2 when I was 16. And that was the game they got for me. And I was like, really? You think this is who I am? A game that <laughs> I want to play a game with bunnies. But th- that, that's a game that I've held with me for quite some time. So that would be the game I would choose, is uh, The Adventures of Cookies and Cream. Try it, everyone. For you, I would recommend uh, Lego Star Wars. Okay, okay. It's a little, it, it's very funny. And it's got that, like, very cartoon, like, when you kill an enemy, they just fall apart. Yes. Legos. And the Lego Star Wars games, I believe, might have been the first one they did. And, I mean, they were really great, and they held my interest in a way. A lot of video games that are uh, done that way don't. I tend to like 2D platformers because I am lazy. Uh, I I played it for about five minutes with John, and we got frustrated and quit because it was more complex than we gave it credit for. Yeah, it's not... It's easy to dismiss it as being a little kid game. Yeah, and it was... There's more to it than I expected. It's accessible for children, but it isn't a children's game. That's how all the Lego games are. I have 
Star Wars, Batman, and Harry Potter. Right. And I actually had the Marvel one, too, mm -hmm. for 3DS. And we have Dimensions, we just never play. So, uh, <laughs> Song? 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 Song, I'm having a tough time, really, coming up with something. Oh, man. Because I know re recently I had you listen to Nerds by uh, Bo Burnham. Which I really enjoy. Which is, yeah, super good. Um... You're not a huge music guy. Yeah, like, you can pretty much name any song, and I haven't heard it. And you have introduced me to a lot of music. Yeah, because I'm make, a... You make me a lot of mix CDs. And, and I sing relentlessly in do, our home. You do, you do. There are a few songs that, when I actually hear the real version, I'm like, this isn't how this goes. <laughs> it's one woman singing, and there's the sound of cooking. <laughs> or showering. Or showering, yeah. Um, on my friend's wedding website, she actually says that, like, she's still weirded out after all this time to hear a shower running and silence. Because mm. uh, she now lives with her fiancé, and she says it's unnerving when she hears a shower running and she doesn't hear me. Because we lived together for four years, right. and, like, that was inevitable. There's a video somewhere of our shower door mm. in our junior or senior year apartment. And it's one of our housemates sitting outside singing the Neil Patrick Harris side of On the Rise. Because I am mm -hmm. in the shower, unaware this is happening, singing the Felicia Day side. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't know that Janelle is out there. That's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so I'm not a big music guy. Song, it's hard because I kind of already, like, listen to this. Mm. Like, you came out of the shower and I was on my fourth listen of the Lin-Manuel Miranda mm. Ben Platt found tonight i watched that video four times while you were in the shower well the the last song that i love that i made you listen to you were again done with halfway through but it was like it was the theme to uh monday night raw for a while and you were just like this is garbage and i'm just like screaming i again i think it's the same thing with it's not part of my history yeah, and it's not so it's part not, of my past and you're like and because it's also not a song that I would normally associate myself with, right? Uh, it might have actually been like the theme is SmackDown or something. I, I can't even think of what it was now. Um, I remember this; it was garbage. Yeah, we were driving back from the podcast, and I was just like, what? "And I believe my reaction was, what is this doing on the radio?'" And I turned it up, and you're like, Murr. "I I care not." For it might this. have been thorn in your eye. Yeah, it's just, and it's not part of my past. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a song that I'm not sure you've heard of. Um, it was in a couple movies in the mid-2000s, but it's kind of obscure. Um, this band called Smash Mouth. Oh. Did a song called All Star. All Star. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's kind of like a deep cut track for them. Okay. But like, I kind of dig it. Not, not on the level of When the Morning Comes? <sighs> it was a little like. I think it might have been like a B-side to win the morning. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Right in that Pacific Coast party uh, <laughs> age of Smash Mouth. I, sorry, this is a joke that we do to people. It's it it is my favorite joke. I've said many times my favorite joke is pretending to not know the song All-Star because people get so upset. You almost got punched out at a wedding. I, got I almost got punched out at a wedding. Uh, I, I almost got into a fight with my best friend from college. <laughs> Like, people get really upset if you pretend <laughs> like you don't know the song All-Star by Smash Mouth. Uh, 
it's it's a super fun joke. I highly recommend doing it. Um, I just realized Jeff split comic and book, but we're just gonna keep it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't read enough. Um, and I read a lot, but I know yeah. that a lot of what I read isn't gonna appeal to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a song, and it's just oh, Sorry. Uh, the, you're gonna think it's weird, uh, and you're gonna, right. you're gonna claim you've heard it, but you haven't. <laughs> uh, it's called Aquaman's Lament by Random Gibberish. Not not Mark Aaron James. Not Mark Aaron James. Uh, and I've talked on this podcast before about my love for Aquaman. And uh, it's a song that we used to play on CSW radio back when me and Will had a radio show in college. And it's just, it's a song about Aquaman, but like the person singing it is failing to describe Aquaman. <laughs> okay. And he's like, he can fly. And it's like, no, no, he, he can't at all. Did he super strong? I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is funny. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And I've always related with Aquaman because I've chosen a path in life where it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> I get that. <laughs> like, what a waste. And Aquaman, like, as a character, uh, I'll just restate what I've said. Um <laughs> I said this on the solo podcast. Uh, everybody wants to be Superman because everybody loves Superman. I want to be Aquaman because the people who love Aquaman... Love Aquaman. No, are Atlanteans. Are his people. So, to his people, he is Superman. Okay. I don't care about people who aren't nerds. Like, those are my people and those are the people I care about. So, I want to appeal to them. And if... The people up on the surface don't give a sh- crap about me, so be it. You'd rather be nine people's favorite thing. Yes, a hundred percent. Like, that is something I've always lived by, is title of shows, uh, nine people's favorite thing, and then a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Uh, I've, I've chosen a very weird, and many people would say poor path with my comedy <laughs> career. But I, I, I disagree strongly that you've chosen a poor path. I mean, like, if I've chosen the path for comedy, I'd be in New York or L.A., and I don't want to be there. Like, I'm much happier here. I think you get booked on more shows more successfully doing what you do, though. I think so. Um, Like on Tuesday, when he's opening for Jay Black. Yeah, when officially opening for Jay Black. I actually got more details about that show. There's free pizza. If you're interested, for for me. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm hosting. I think that... And it's going to be me and Mike Casey and... Uh, oh, I know Mike Casey. And Yeah, I love Mike Casey. I haven't seen yeah. Mike Casey in forever. I'm going to give him a big hug. And Jonathan Van Helman. Helm with an M. Helm. Helm. Helm with an M. He actually said specifically. <laughs> with an M, yeah. All right. Uh, so, so yeah. <laughs> Come see me uh, on Tuesday at Stockton. I had a song I was going to push on you, and then I forgot it because we were talking about Aquaman for so long. Um, yeah, go for it. I I forgot it because we were talking oh, about I'm sorry, I'm for sorry. so long. Um, man, I I totally blanked on it because we went on like a two minute Aquaman <laughs> drive. Um, I know. I and it's one of those things of like those things that are so ingrained in your history. Like I I love musical theater and. 98% of the show tunes Noah knows are from living in our house. 
That seems a bit high. <laughs> Just a touch high. It's like everything. I did go to theater school. But it's like everything but Godspell and title of show. No. Like, uh, Rent, Hair, uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oof. Uh, City of Angels, which City is of Angels a is good. Baller musical. Yeah, that City of Angels is good. Uh, City Impossible. of Angels is hard to do because if you do the black and white uh, version, um, the way City of Angels is staged, mm-hmm. uh, there's difficult makeup and costuming for one side. So a lot of people won't do it because they're like, mm, that's. We, we did a spectacular version at GCIT, but a lot of people are like, mm, that's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Not a gonna lot do. Of, a lot of people dyed their hair black. Oof. Uh, but yeah, spectacular show. It, ch- check out City of Angels. It has nothing to do with that terrible Nicolas Cage film. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so, is there anything else that we're? I'm trying what, to think. Why you thinking of your song that I should be thinking of? Like, I'm really bothered by the fact that I can't remember the song because it was movie, book, game, TV show. Oh, and TV show. TV show. TV show's another hard one because we've kind of forced a lot of things on each other mm-hmm. by now. Uh, I know I only made you watch one episode because I couldn't find a good rip of it of uh, Clone High. I liked which is the episode I saw. So good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode I saw. Um, but, but it was like a terrible quality. But if YouTube I video, if I can find it, just so you can watch the Christmas episode. The Three Friends and Jerry show mm-hmm. was a show from my childhood that I super loved. And it's about that group of friends that has that one friend that no one really likes. Ooh. But they include him anyway. Yeah. And, like, it's a very adult show that they showed on the Fox Family Channel. That'll happen. And me and my buddies would get together at recess to talk about it. And we'd be like, yo, did you see this? <laughs> they can't show us this. Oh, my God. Maybe maybe we'll we'll pull some stuff up after we record this and we'll, we'll add it to the end of this. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was, I, I had, again, I had one in mind and then forgot it. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of have one in mind, and then you talk for long enough that I forget it. I'm trying because I'm trying to talk so you can think of it. That that's what years of working with Will has done. Yeah, is I'll jump in so Will has time to think of something. Yeah, I, I'm because I was trying to think. You know what? No, I know exactly what TV show I would push on you given the chance. Have I ever made you watch Gargoyles? No, we've never actually watched Gargoyles. Gargoyles, kids. Gather ye Christians. Um, Gargoyles, I I owned the pilot, like, I owned the clamshell VHS of the pilot. And it actually ages really well and has one of the most interesting, very special episodes in 90s cartoons. There's an episode called Deadly Force, Mm -hmm. where Broadway, um, who's one of the Gargoyles, because they're all named after parts of New York or, like, landmarks in New York, which is one of my favorite lines in any cartoon of uh, Elisa Maza, the one human, uh, asks what she calls the gargoyles. And the oldest gargoyle goes, does the river have a name? And she goes, the river's the Hudson. And he goes, then I will be the Hudson as well. <laughs> and then he's Hudson. But so Broadway uh, finds Elisa's gun. Elisa is a cop. Mm-hmm. And shoots her with it by accident. 
and they like you see it and in the original really? broadcast there was blood they've deleted that in like the syndication broadcasts but the whole thing was it was about storing your gun safely mm-hmm. it was that like guns are not toys and for adults that they should keep their gun unloaded and safely locked away and mm-hmm. it's like it, it's a message that kind of needs to be out there in more yeah. kids' TV shows. I, I miss the public service announcement at the end of cartoons. And no, it's half the battle. I remember, I don't think it was G.I. Joe, it was something else. where Maybe Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. Inspector Gadget used to do that. Where it was like, if you find a gun, tell an adult, don't touch it. Especially not by the handle, because that's where the trigger is. Yeah. Like, I remember being told those things. And, like, that's an important message that doesn't really, like, I mean, obviously, Deadly Force now is only shown, censored, mm-hmm. on Disney XD, if Disney XD even still shows Gargoyles. Yeah. We don't have that channel anymore, no, so I, I don't know. No idea. I don't even know if that's a channel. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, but it's one of those shows that, like, I, that's a really important, very, spe- almost more important than, like, some of the standard green ASAP, ASAP like... Although I still, every time I take the recycling out, I think of Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, Recycling Day. R-E-C-Y-C-L-E, Recycle. <laughs> C-O-N-S-E-R-V-E, Conserve. Why is he spelling? Don't P-O-L-L-U-T-E, Pollute the River, Sky, and Sea, or else you're gonna get what you deserve. Well, there was a whole song, but I missed the rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, still trying to think of the song, I... It's hard because with songs, I'm so, like, I'd actually have to go really far back into, like, my past. Because if I like a song nowadays, I push it on you so hard. Yeah, that's true. Um, Because now you'll inevitably listen to me sing it or have it playing in our home. Like, like I remember when we went and saw Hamilton sitting there going, oh, that's where that <laughs> song's from. I know it as the shower song. <laughs> They're all the shower song here. But yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of another, like, I can't really think of another song I would push on you. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I, I heard King of Wishful Thinking today in the diner. That's a great song. And I was like, I really want to become obsessed with that song. I think mm-hmm. I will. So that's going to be what I become obsessed with for the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Stormer actually sent me a song that I, I'm very obsessed with called You Were Cool. Yeah. And I think you heard that for the first time, like, maybe a week ago. Yeah, I was just knew it as a song you sang. Yeah, it's... And, and only, like, eight sentences of it. Yeah, because know. I didn't know all the words. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a really good song. Uh, it Suits You by Kirby... Oh! I thought of it! Okay. So there's a song, it's the Chainsmokers, who are, like, kind of a garbage group. It's mm-hmm. like them and Coldplay did the song called Something Just Like This. And I I'm really like it to the point where, like, it might be a contender for the first Dance Star Wedding. I don't think I've ever really listened to it. I've heard it, but I don't think I've ever listened to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, you've heard it as, like, ambient mm-hmm. noise. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and it's a love song that name-checks Spider-Man and Batman, which I like. Oh, wow. With I Spider-Man's control and Batman with his fists. Clearly I don't see myself in none of this. See, nothing that nothing else the chain so- smokers made sounded like selfie. Cuz I, lo- I I love selfie. garbage music like That's, that. You super do. <laughs> oh my god. Like and like I kind of 
know that it's not like a good song, but I also mm. really enjoy it. Gotcha. Alright, so that was I'll the song I was listen. thinking of. I'll give it a listen. We own it. I uh, paid American dollars for it. So let's let's end out with one more thing. Okay. Um, I know Frank wanted us to talk about uh, Far Cry Five. I don't know enough about it to give a good explanation of it. I know it comes out next week. Uh, yeah, I'll have opinions later because I, I it's been pre-ordered as a uh, as a present for my birthday, so uh, I'll I'll play it. Uh, I know uh, Chris Hale wanted us to talk about. Uh, my first win at Fortnite. Thank you for leading the charge, uh, even though you died and I survived uh, as I won my first Fortnite win. Uh, I'll bring it up casually like that. Um, somebody wanted us to bring up uh, speed runs, but I don't think you have much opinion on that. Uh, you know, I really don't. It's something I yeah. find mystifying because I, I kind of like dawdling. I don't like being timed. Yeah, I think we'll have a full discussion about speedruns sometime in the future. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a dawdler in but video it, games, But it would though. be more of me, like, trying to convince you that they're good things. They're, they're great things. They're just not something I'm interested in doing. Yeah. Like, I like to watch them. I find them interesting. Like, I watch some of um, ADGQ. Mm-hmm. AGDQ. Yeah, Awesome Games Done Quick. Yeah, I, I knew what it mm-hmm. stood for, but messed up the acronym. And it's awesome, but it's awesome the same way as, like, art is awesome to me. Is like... Mm-hmm. Hey, look! That's a really cool thing I can't do. Yeah. So that that was thank you, Razor Hawk. Kaka. Um, Kaka. Uh, uh, to to me, it's kind of gotten to the point like of MMA where uh, I used to like MMA because I was like, oh, I wonder what this form versus this form would look like. But now everyone knows everything. Yeah. So it's just a blur that I can't understand anymore. Uh, so <laughs> there's a weird metaphor for you. Uh, uh, Chrono Trigger, um... Death of Toys R Us. Alright, let's talk about That's a good... Death. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end this on the death of Toys R Us. Oh, man. It was... I was at Toys R Us on Saturday. The sale at the Cherry Hole Mall, Toys R Us, had not yet happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's supposed to happen shortly. But I really wanted the, uh... I, I collect Funko mm-hmm. Pops because I'm, like, a basic nerd. Yeah. And they had a Toys R Us exclusive sprocket from Fraggle Rock. Right. And I usually only buy, like, strong female characters, but I will break that for adorable animals. Yeah. Like, I have Zero, I have Miko, I have... And now I, I do... I did get Sprocket. Everyone can rest assured. But uh, it was a it was a madhouse. I had never seen a Toys R Us so crowded. Yeah. Because everyone was trying to burn gift cards. That makes sense. It was all little kids burning up gift cards. It was crazy. Mm. Nothing was on sale, and it was just, like, really... I mean, it was Fury Road up in there. I think... uh, I'm going to sound like an old man for a moment, so get ready. Uh, But I think the way toys have changed has really, like, hurt the toy industry. Because I I was playing with a child a few years ago, and it's weird that I can't remember the context (laughs) of why I was playing with this child. Uh, But I was, was, you know, trying to play with this, uh, this toy... And it was like a stuffed dog. And this kid looked at it and said, what does it do? Oh, that's and I was crazy. Like, I was like, it's a dog. You, you pretend like it's a dog. Oh, whoa, and I was whoa. like, yeah, but what does like, what does it do? And I was like, it doesn't do anything. You make the fun. And they're like, Pfft. and like, 
I'm going to sound old, uh, but like Barney's not a thing anymore, really. No. And Barney's big thing was using your imagination. And I don't think that's a thing that like we really push anymore. I think one of the things, because TV shows for kids go in waves, I think we're actually coming back to imagination. Good. They good. just rebooted Muppet Babies. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, that's important. Yeah, like, they're, I think we're coming back to it. But I think for a while, uh, because of the childhood obesity epidemic, epidemic um, interaction yeah. was trendy. That's why you have, like, Dora the Explorer tells you to get up and stomp your feet. And, yes, yeah. Uh, we, Being active. We watched it. Ep- why? I'm not sure why. We were getting ready for Zenkai Khan last year. Yeah. We were driving up before. And while we were getting ready in the morning... Will was here, and we all just were watching an episode of Sesame Street for no apparent yeah, on reason. on HBO. Um, so we were watching Sesame Street, and there was a part where, like, it was like, get up and stomp your feet. And they're, they're still running segments that ran, you know, 20-some years ago when we were watching Sesame Street. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, like, they're still running those sequences. But now they're running these, like, the count, counts that you're stomping. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why those are becoming the more popular. Yeah. That was in reaction to the childhood obesity epidemic. And now people are kind of getting a handle Mm. on feeding their kids less junk and getting out more. And now we're getting back into, like, using your imagination. Yeah. Because, like, I was a big action figures guy. Me too. And believe it or not, I was a big wrestling guy. What? Uh, So I had a big, like, wrestling league with all my action figures. And, like, the things that really stand out that I did was, because uh, everything was in the context of wrestling, uh, I had all my Star Wars action figures. And I had Han, Leia, Luke, Chewbacca, and the weird dude with the weird-shaped head that's in the cantina scene. <laughs> uh, and I had Vader. Okay. Um... And so we did a big storyline where uh, they had to vanquish Vader. Right. And Vader beat everyone. Oh, no. But Luke. So Luke beats Vader. Luke's better than Vader. Uh, Luke wins a title. He, he won the hardcore championship. That's uh, adorable. So, so we, we built Luke up like, you know, we did the Star Wars storyline. What's next? He wins the hardcore title. And then Han Solo wins a title shot. And then as friends, they have to have a match that's very violent. Uh, and Han wins. And Han, and Luke kind of has this weird moment of fear, in the, which a uh, Jedi shouldn't have, of my friend just beat me. A man I saw fail beating Darth Vader. And he beat me, who and I beat Darth Vader. Uh, so I brought Darth Vader back, and I didn't have a uh, uh, an Emperor action figure, but I had Jedi Luke from the third movie. Mm-hmm. So he had he wore like a big cloak. So I took the cloak off and just made it the Emperor. <laughs> uh, WWE, you're li- are you listening? Because yeah. this is what you're going to do with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So uh, Luke then questions himself, and questioning leads to suffering or something. Uh, Didn't they do the storyline with Daniel Bryan? This is way before (laughs) Daniel Bryan. Uh, So Luke joins Vader. And 
doesn't like because he didn't know what to do. Uh, and thus, since Luke joined Vader, Leia joins Vader. Boom, boom, boom. So now Han is this weird like leader, and it's just him and Chewie versus this insane empire. I loved like th- it, I love that story, and I love it in the context of wrestling. And you know, I don't. You probably didn't enjoy it as I weirdly explained it to you. Uh, but like that stuff sticks with me still. A lot of my favorite toys as well were people I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And I was just like, well, you're getting your own damn story. Yeah. I had a Mary Jane from Spider-Man McDonald's toy and like she, she came with two outfits, but by the time like I found her on like the playground or something, she only had one of them left. I only know she had two from like Googling it later. Yeah. And... Like, her name was Tessa, and she was just kind of, like, a standard... Like, she was a hard-boiled detective. Okay. Like, she was kind of who... Like, the closest thing I can compare her to is Jessica Jones now. And I really don't know much about Jessica Jones, but she was, like, yeah. a hard... But, like, I mean, like, she was that hard-boiled, super-powered detective. Mm-hmm. And... But I didn't know anything about Jessica Jones when I was three. Or, right, right. you know, five. So mm-hmm. now it's kind of funny, because I was like, Jessica Jones, I was like, oh, it's Tessa. Who was really Mary Jane. And I didn't watch Spider-Man growing up because I it had the word spider in it and I did not like spiders, like spiders as a kid. Didn't like spiders. And I was not aware that that was not really that integral to the plot. No. no. Well, and then he gets the mutated storyline. I don't know. What's, that's, that's a great cartoon too. <laughs> yeah, I was a Batman the Animated Series girl, like full stop. Mm. I wasn't and it makes me lose respect for my childhood self. Oh, I was very into... That Fox had a lineup in, I want to say, like, 93, 94. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, Animaniacs, Batman the Animated Series, and, like, another weird one, maybe, like, Pirates of Dark Water or something. I I believe it was Tiny Toons Animaniacs Batman. I think so. Batman was on at 4.30. Because that was, like, the, the end of the... Fox cartoon block that would play after school Mm -hmm. because then it was like the news because my mom would pick me up right after Batman and I always was like I I wanted to watch Animaniacs and when Animaniacs was over maybe I'd watch Batman oh my god but now as an adult that is one of the greatest shows ever made my little cousin who's five years younger than me and is also now a foot taller than me um my little cousin had like I didn't have a computer growing up so I was like nine or ten, and he had this like Batman animated storybook game, where you could do your own storylines <laughs> with the Batman characters. Yeah, and I would like just wait for this kid to take a nap, mm-hmm. because when he took a nap, I could go on the computer and I could write Batman. And I haven't changed much. Like Catwoman was always the lead, right? It was always and Batgirl. Like I was writing Gotham City Sirens before Gotham City Sirens was a thing. Mm-hmm. It was always like these very female-centered stories. Yeah. Well, you're giggling because you have like you're just waiting to tell a story. No, 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 no. I'm enjoying this especially because I had that as well, but I had Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because you could drag them and they'd walk. You could and almost they'd walk, like yep. you'd make like a cartoon, yeah. almost. And it was. I wish I had mine. It was like the coolest thing. I no idea they might still have that computer. I'd probably find it. But he never played that game, and I played it constantly. And now, looking back, I'm like, why did, like, a three- or four-year-old have this game? Because I was playing it at, like, eight, nine, which was more of the appropriate age for that cartoon. Yeah. 
three or four was a little young for Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. But I that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. That Animaniacs, which is another one when you watch when you're older, you're like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> Where were my parents? Yeah. Then again, like, the biggest culprit with that was Rocco. Yeah, or well, I, the biggest culprit was Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, I disagree, because Ren and Stimpy was so obvious that, like, most kids I know weren't allowed to watch it. Mm, the other that's ones, true. I was not allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. I wasn't either, and I because I think the other ones were, I don't want to use the word insidious, mm-hmm. because that sounds, like, really dramatic, but they were much more, like, low-key about it. Yeah. The, the Nickelodeon showrunners, uh, that's probably not the right word, but the people in charge of Nickelodeon didn't realize that the restaurant was called the Chokey Chicken until the last season of Rocco. Oh my god. So going back to Jeff's prompt, that's the book you should read. It's called Slimed. It's an oral history of Nickelodeon. It was super interesting because it's not like, it's surprisingly not that tawdry. Like you're expecting it to be like gross, but it's actually like really interesting and it's a really good expose about the like Wild West days of Nickelodeon and how like Mm -hmm. they could do whatever they wanted because nobody really cared because nobody thought anyone was watching. Yeah. There's a series now that Nickelodeon itself actually promotes called NSFW. Nick shows were freaking weird. Really? And it's like, I, it comes up on my Facebook constantly. And it's about like all of the things that were not for children hmm. in Nickelodeon shows. There's a lot in it. Besides like this ones you're thinking of, like the I want you, I need you, oh baby, oh baby. There's a lot in there that you're like, oh. Ooh. Well, like, I'm thinking like really early Nickelodeon, like before there was Nicktoons. Uh, my favorite show was a show called Think Fast, and uh, we're going to watch that as soon as we're done this podcast. Uh, but there there was a show called Think Fast, and I remember one of the games was someone would come out and tell a story, and you had to answer questions about the story. Basically, Old Mac in the Temple of uh, the Stairs of Knowledge. Uh, but I remember watching it as an adult, and the person telling the story forgets their lines. Oh my god. And like stops and looks around and like restarts the story. And I was like, where are your editors? That's crazy. Yeah. It was really nuts. Uh, fair, unfair, and uh, like finders, like really old it's school. It's crazy because I'm only, I'm only like a year and a half younger than you and I don't remember these shows. Fair, unfair was like their court show. Yeah, but, like, I don't uh, remember, like, I'm not that much younger than you, and I do not remember those. I remember, all, it was, like, August 17th, 1991. I'm going to be embarrassingly close, but not quite there on the date. That was the first day I remember making appointment television. Ooh. And it was the day the Nicktoons premiered. Yeah, I remember that, too. Like, I remember being, like, I, I could have only been, I know 1991's the right year, so mm-hmm. I was three. Yeah. And I remember, like leaving dinner and being like mom dad i have to go watch cartoons and it was like Uh, the first appointment television show for me as like a three-year-old i remember telling my cousin what i thought of uh the cartoons of the first ever nicktoons august 11th 1991 ah Uh, so close and i remember saying like i thought doug was good i thought rugrats was good but Ren and Stimpy were just flashing colors. Like, 
in my childhood brain, I was so, like, overwhelmed by what Ren and Stimpy was that all I comprehended was a lot of flashing colors. I admittedly was not a huge Ren and Stimpy fan, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I really liked Rugrats and I really liked Doug. And my favorite still to this day is Hey Arnold. Yeah. Which I will watch on, because it's on Hulu now. So, like, Mm -hmm. I will just watch Hey Arnold. I also found all of Kablam on the internet. Yeah, that that show's great. That's a good show. Well, we we've talked about doing the Oh What a Cartoon show for a while. Yeah, so. that's something. Um, if you remember, if you've made it this far, bless. Yeah, um, we're gonna wrap up soon. I promise. But if you remember Cartoon Network on New Year's Eve, all day they would run down the What a Cartoon show cartoons until midnight, where they'd show the top cartoon of the year. Or really like 11.50, because it would end before the ball dropped. And if you uh, if you remember this, I have been locating all of the cartoons, and I have been considering doing short podcasts of each cartoon. If that's a thing you're interested in, let me know in the comments so I have some motivation to actually do it. Yeah, please do. But I think that's going to do it for this mailbag episode. We've gone a half hour over time, like we did with the Razzies, but... I think we had a lot of good conversations, so... Uh, and we'll edit out at least ten minutes of this. Yeah, probably. Uh, so to wrap up, uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Yep. Co- Adventures of Cookies and Cream. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Slimed the Oral Slimed History of Nickelodeon. Slimed the Oral History. Uh, Gargoyles. Oh my god. Uh, I forget which TV show I told you to watch. Three Friends Clone and Jerry. High. And Clone High. Yeah. Which we tried Fantastic. to watch. We just don't have a good port of it. Fantastic. All fantastic. So check those things out. Batman Gone Sane. Yep. Superman, Superman for All Seasons. Superman for All Seasons. All I love that you stuff. said a Batman book and I said a Superman book. Yeah, that's very fitting. Uh, so yeah, check all those things out. Uh, and Toys R Us. We talked about how much we love toys, but we didn't talk about Toys R Us really going under. But it's sad and we're bummed. Uh, so thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you to Laura Prince for being my co-host here. Hey. And anything to add? Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I just applied for a uh, freelance writing thing on the side, so uh, wish me luck on that. And, um, yeah, let me know if you guys want me to start actually recording, like, the What a Cartoon or uh, a very special episode podcast, which is another one I was thinking about doing. That I've yes. started pre-production for and not actually followed yeah. up with. We got some good responses on the uh, the Razzies episode, so I think this is something we should probably... Oh. Awesome. Thank you. Move forward with. Thank you, whoever responded well to the Razzies episode. You're cool. Yes, you you are cool. Yeah. Uh, also, be sure this is finishing up soon, and I meant to talk about it on the podcast, but we don't have time now. Uh, the Army Tournament. The great, we're crowning the greatest army on our Facebook page. We're up to the uh, quarterfinals, so be sure to check that out. Uh, I am desperately trying to pull up our upcoming guests. Upcoming guests include next week. On this very show, we will have the creator of Drive Fighter, uh, which for some reason it says Drive Fighter Attack, which is not what it should say. But Drive Fighter, uh, Philip Steinberg will be on the show. Uh, Then after that, we'll have Jai, the creator of the Buttress Pillow, on the 5th of May. I'm so April. I'm so happy you got yeah. the Butcher's guy. I'm super excited for that. Uh, then on the 12th, we'll have the creator of the new visual novel, uh, Betrayal, Betraya, Shayna Kishmayer. 
And then on the 19th, it's the High No Humor champion, James Hancock III. And then on the 26th, we're canceled for the Avengers. Yo, I got Avengers tickets. That was the only other thing we didn't discuss was who's going to die in Infinity War. Uh, yeah, so real quick. Uh, Cap uh, or Tony? Mantis. No! I, actually, you know what my, my actual prediction was? I said Mantis randomly. Uh, was they were going to walk into a room and find Ant-Man dead. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp was going to explain why he was dead. Aww. That was my theory. Thank you so much for watching and thank you to watching and listening. Uh, be sure to give us five stars on iTunes, five stars on, on Stitcher. Vote for us on podcastland.com. Make us the podcast of the month. Listen to us on Spotify and Wildfire Radio. Uh, and be sure to like, comment, and su- subscribe on YouTube. And follow us on Twitch where you can watch these shows live. Except Not this one, but other ones. Thank you, Net Neutrality, for existing and making the show possible. And thank you to every state who is suing to keep it there. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, bye.